Who is going to say something stupid first? That's the question. <laughs> Typically you. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Billy Gilmore, man. Oh, do you know what? I had to... um for the the um the Chelsea social we're putting together like our preferred 11 for the final <laughs> and obviously i was contrarian um so yeah i'm sure you i'm sure you know who i put in the center of the park uh, next to kante <laughs> kovacic <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 it wasn't him no, it definitely wasn't him um so, so we're gonna do a preview. I guess we'll do starting lineup as well. Do you want to talk about any like the England thing? Because I don't care. Well, the thing is as well, he hasn't finalized the squad yet. I know, but so I can't still... get that over. Like the only yeah. player that's interesting to talk about is Tamori for me. Like everyone else, I'm like, oh wait and Bamford? see what. Happens. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, who cares about Bamford? Jesus, took him long enough. But yeah, oh, mate, I'm actually pretty nervous, you know, for the uh, the game. I'm driving all the way down now that I'm a fully vaccinated boy from from Liverpool down to South Oxfordshire to watch the game with my dad and my brother. I uh, had to do uh, an interview for uh, a radio station in London. I'm not going to say which one. And um, the interview was... Stop smirking. I just know it's going to be added to your shitty list of fucking sarcastic tweets every time I do something. <laughs> um, I had to answer questions as if we had won. So it's, in prepara- so it's in preparation for Chelsea to win. They can put out these like sound bites straight away. Oh, okay. That'd be, that'd be really weird to do. It, like, was, it was Number weird. one, it was superstitious. Really like I'm like, no. It's like Same. touching the trophy before the game starts. Like, you don't do it. I've seen some Chelsea fans taking pictures with the Champions League trophy out in Porto. Like, what are you doing? You don't You don't go near that trophy until the, until after the game if you won it. I mean, could be worse. I mean, could be Astrid. Okay, so we're going in that direction with this podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm saying nothing. <clears throat> I'm saying nothing. Um, but yeah, it was just, it got me a bit too... Got me. I had to try and get like gassed and in the mood, and I just I said to the producer, I was like, "If we lose, I'm I'm coming for you, honestly, because you've actually got me in the mood to win." No, if, you, if we if you lose, you're coming for Malcolm. Oh my God, Malcolm! Oh, I've actually forgotten about that prick. The rise, the return of Malcolm. I'm actually going to be at his door. Um, but yeah, okay, fine. Well. Do you know what? It's weird because we I open these conversations when we get on the thing and I, I often forget that you have already recorded. It's really bizarre. Like Obviously, people listening will be like, ah, it's just like pre-pod chat. But I genuinely like often just start rambling and forget that they get recorded because I always assume maybe after two or three minutes the recording starts. I enjoy, I enjoy the pre-ramble. I actually wish the pre-ramble would go on a bit longer because I find it sometimes more interesting than speaking about the game. <laughs> Pure podcast foreplay, isn't it? Um, I like it a lot. So what oh, have you been up to this week, Jay? I've actually been ill, mate. I've actually been ill because the vaccine's fucked me. But yeah. You can start but, blaming Bill Gates. Well, to be fair, if he wants to track me, I'm all over Twitter, so I'm it's pointless me hiding. Um, uh, do you know what I mean? So if, if they want to find me, they know where I'm at, as long as they uh, 
they follow me on Twitter first. <laughs> I don't mind. Maybe tune into the podcast once in a while. But what have you been up to this week? I mean, just lots of videos. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, I've been speaking to Dan McCarthy, Adam Newson. I was on Alex's podcast, Alex Goldberg's podcast. So that oh, came bunch out. of losers, three of them. Yeah. Never liked it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's very suitable. They're speaking to me, you know. I mean, Hack Central. <laughs> Um, but no I obviously just doing a lot of stuff it's weird because I've been talking about the game so much maybe my nerves aren't that much I I don't know it's it's weird Um, I think I'm in a good mood because the season's nearly over that that's what that's why I'm in a good mood like I'm I've been waiting for this moment a long time like watching the um, Man United Villarreal penalty shootout I thought this season's never I thought watching that game this this season is never going to end. This game is never going to end. That was a joyous game. I was watching it really, really... And I wasn't rooting for um, Villarreal because I don't like Manchester United. I don't really care about Manchester United. It's just like they've never won a trophy. It's like I heard today you could fit the population of Villarreal into Old Trafford and still have 25,000 seats left. That is absolutely nuts. They're not like a tiny team, but they're from a small place. Do you know what I mean? They're, I thought they were going to win as well. Not United, Villarreal, because there was no individual moment from Manchester United, which is something I've said and you've said, everyone said, like they rely so heavily on individuals that when the, a system against them prevents those individuals from shining, they have nothing else. And, you know... I don't really buy into this, oh, Bruno's rubbish player because he doesn't perform in big games. Like, he's still obviously a world-class player, one of the best midfielders in the world. But again, yeah, he had a, he had a poor game and, and Villarreal just deserved it. You, you actually saw a team that wanted it more than the other team. And that's what I'm hoping to see from Chelsea uh, on Saturday because Man City are going to really want it. But also, I feel, and maybe this is because I'm a Chelsea fan, I feel there's a sort of subtle arrogance this Man City team that think they're already going to win it of you know the De Bruyne interview that came out today or yesterday where he's saying you know he, f- he forgot that Chelsea have won it and you know all of the I think most it seems though most of the media are often on the side that Chelsea isn't on um but again that I don't know just... I I don't know a lot of this stuff doesn't really affect me anymore I don't know if it's because when I was like 14 I used to really care about it and now I'm 23, I just can't give... I just don't care anymore. Like, I just... I find a lot of it... It's like VAR against Chelsea. I find it... Sure, like... There is bias in the media. Of course there is. You know, what... You know, <laughs> I, I, to a lot of people, I'm like, you're just discovering this now? Like, where have you been for the last... Ever? Like, you know, it, it's... it's <laughs> To this point, I'm not that... It, usually, it, it has to do with Liverpool... You know, the amount of Liverpool influence in the media usually has its impact. Um, I'm not seeing what everyone else is seeing in terms of, oh, everyone wants Man City to win. I mean, most people who are not Chelsea connected probably expect Man City to win because they're a better side than us. And I also think there's a sense between Chelsea and Man City is... I spoke a lot, a lot about narrative on this podcast and it's why maybe I'm not as nervous about the game is that this feels like a, a massive build-up for City over a number of years. Like there's been a, a journey sort of created oh, in the Championship. There is pressure on City. There is pressure Mad on City. So pressure. like 
for Pep, for everything he's done with City, this feels like the final piece for him, to, mm-hmm. for his legacy at Man City, and for that club to finally join Europe's elite and win the competition a bit like it was for Chelsea. So maybe that's also why it is, because Chelsea weren't really expected to be in this situation a few months back, yeah. but City were. Oh, 100%. And as well, like... Oh, hold on, hold on. Welcome back to the Every Other Sunday podcast. I'm Jay McIntosh with Daniel Charles always. Is this episode 21? Yeah, it is. Wait, that's, that's fucking sick, you know. But yeah, I feel... And do you know what? As much as I'm trying, I just don't really hate Man City. I don't feel as though it's like... I feel as though it's just a... It's a mind game, this final. Rather than if, say, for example, if it was Chelsea Spurs, it would be the most heated final for years. I don't feel like if we win, I'll be rubbing it in on City. Like there would be no part of me that would be I don't like know if they've got any fans to rub it into besides Malcolm. Rather than Malcolm for you, like personally, your personal vendetta for life. Um, <laughs> I... Oh my god, I'm just going to be thinking about Malcolm if he wins. <laughs> If he wins, not even Man City. If he, he's going to score the winning penalty <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, it's not It's not like, say, the rivalry we had with Man United back in 20, uh, 2008, for instance. There was a lot more sort of intensity back then. Yeah, if it was Spurs, if it was Arsenal, if it was Liverpool, there'd be a, I think there'd be a very different emotion going into this game. You know, any time we've beaten City in recent times, I don't... I don't know. Yeah, it just doesn't have the same weight to it, does it? That when you beat Liverpool, when you beat Spurs, when you beat Man United, it just doesn't seem to have the same energy to it. Um, maybe that changes when you get to a Champions League final and what it means in a Champions League final because it's the biggest game in club football. So, But I still agree with you. I think whatever happens in this game, I don't think that changes for me. And I, I think it would take a long time. I think something massive has to happen between Chelsea and Man City for that to, like you know the way Liverpool and Chelsea rivalry was very much stoked up and I think a lot of it has to do with the cultures of both clubs and, and the way you know from Chelsea perspective I think the entitlement of Liverpool looking down at Chelsea for years thinking they're better morally than Chelsea the comments from Rafa Benitez between us you know Jose Mourinho and Rafa um, I don't quite think there's going to be that between Tuchel and Pep is there Um and I think that there's a lot of similarities actually between Man City and Chelsea. So I think a lot of Chelsea fans look at Man City and a lot of stuff that gets thrown at Man City from the media and opposition fans right now is the stuff that Chelsea fans were dealing with for a long time. So I think there there is almost a sense of sympathy there. Like we understand, I think well, there is an understanding maybe that, between the two clubs. I think that expands beyond beyond just that. There's a real understanding between the two clubs in a sense that yeah, okay, the fan base is typically different, but actually the the managers are, you know, thoroughbred tacticians over everything else. There are players who are in their final year or final few years at the club or of their career, Thiago Silva, Azpi, Aguero, Fernandinho and, and more, that for their career in the game, fairly deserve a trophy like this and you know so, so that's there there's also young talent arguably there's a, a greater breadth of talent at Chelsea but the younger talent at, at City is outstanding obviously and I think Chelsea fans would like to obviously like to play like the Man City side at, at current do and 
and are perhaps chasing that level of consistent quality. So it's going to be really interesting. I I know this is going to sound like quite a lazy thing to say, but because the games between Tuchel and Pep in, in terms of Chelsea Man City have been quite dull, it's going to really be an individual moment. And my only concern is that individually, I think Man City are far superior than, than Chelsea. If, if De Bruyne's on his game, I mean, it's pretty much curtains for any team in the world, right? So that is what it is. I mean, I imagine Werner's going to start. I imagine he's going to get chances. Let's really hope he can take it. I, I Obviously, we're recording before Tuchel's press conference today, right? So we don't know if Kante's fit. We don't know if Mendy's fit. I assume they probably both play. I assume I, the fact that they've gone out yeah. to Porto makes me believe that I, I would I mean, be playing a 50% Kante anyway. Yeah, I mean, I would do the same for Mendy, to be honest. I mean, yeah, 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 I agreed, would, agreed, agreed. I agreed, think for both agreed. players, I think that there's a reason they've gone out. They trained, which is a little bit different to a usual press conference, actually, because or a pre-game sort of build-up is that I think that both of these players, I don't know, are they is there is it sort of a, a situation where they're hoping... There's still doubt over it. I'm not entirely sure. But I, yeah, I agree with you. It's a Champions League final. I can't believe Kante and Mendy wouldn't risk playing under 100% because they know this may be their only opportunity in, in both of their careers to be in a Champions League final. So I expect both of them to start the game. And uh, I think there's some big decisions to class to make. I hope he Do doesn't... Do you think Aguero is going to start? No, I don't. It's a massive L from Pep. I fully expect um, him to go no striker. Um, I think it'd be Mares, Foden, and Brain as kind of a front three. Me too. Yeah, me too. Because that works so well against PSG. No Sterling as well, you know. No Sterling. Fuck, their bench is mad. I know ours is mad, but theirs is <laughs> theirs is crazy as well. Like we can bring on Giroud, but they can bring on Aguero, who Aguero stepped down to you know ease himself into retirement. Is going to Barcelona. I, I'm just curious to see if Pep. <laughs> the question I've been asking a few people is: I'm just curious to see if Pep overthinks. Ah, uh, the free jazz tinker man does that's, too much. That's my. That's the the slim hope I have with Chelsea tomorrow. Is that I think if Pep overthinks something, decides to play someone, or decides to do line up in a way that he wouldn't usually because he's so. I guess afraid of getting it wrong against Tuchel and that actually does the opposite effect I think at this point with Pep's record in finals and the fact that he's been burnt before against worse teams like Leon last year I I do think at this point I, I'd be quite staggered if he does change tact I think he's just going to play his best team and I think Tuchel probably expects it's probably going to be a 4-3-3 or a 4-6-0 um, with a bunch of midfielders and that's the way it is. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think I, I like Pep because he believes in his philosophy and will want to demonstrate that on the highest level again with a team that isn't Barcelona and a team without Leo Messi. So it's weird to say this, but I think Pep still has a lot to prove in this game because, I mean, it baffles me he didn't win the Champions League of Bayern Munich. And I can't lie, I'm, I'm pretty baffled he's not won it already of Man City. So... He, he's obviously got a lot to prove. Tuchel as well. I mean, 
he's very lucky that Chelsea scraped into the top four because coming fifth and then losing this game would probably mean he wouldn't get that contract extension that he that he probably wants or feels so he deserves. And whether we agree with that or not, that just is the way that Chelsea work, especially with uh, Antonio Conte back on the market. Um, so, yeah, but do you want to go into to how we think Chelsea are going to line up? And, and what your preferred 11 is. And we'll, we'll do it together because I imagine we'll have exactly the same team. Uh, will we? Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. we'd only, I think we're only disagree actually on the front three potentially. Okay. So, so Mendy, Reese, Aspi, Thiago Silva, Rudiger Chilwell. Yeah. Yeah. Can take Gilmore. Sorry, sorry, I can help myself. Kante, Jorginho. Yeah. And then Timo, Kai, and Mason. I haven't got Kai. That's a mad L. Who have you got? If you're going Ziyech. No. I don't trust this guy that much. I just don't. I want to, and I'd love him to score, and to. I've really wanted him to have an amazing Chelsea career, and obviously it's not quite panned out the first season. So getting a goal, the winner, or playing well in the Champions League final would be beautiful, but... He is not as good as Kai it's based. It's based on... A, the only reason I've gone with his front three is because no one can argue with me who the front, best front three is because there isn't one. You can't tell me this get this front three is going to be guaranteed. Yeah, the reason I've gone for Ziyech, uh, Werner and Mount is because it's it worked against Man City in the FA Cup semi-final, which I think is... I think the rhythm and the way that game played out is actually going to be very similar to the way this game plays out. Plays out. A counter-attacking performance. Ziyech, Werner and Mount played well together in a counter-attacking performance against Liverpool, against high lines. I think that these three players have a good chemistry together. Werner mm. finds Ziyech a lot of the time. Um, once again, I think it will come down to counter-attacking opportunities. Um, the only reason I play Kai actually is because of the Real Madrid performance. But, you know, I think that that was... Chelsea were so dominant in that game in terms of the amount of chances they got on the break. I just don't think it'll be the same type of game. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think the pockets okay. of space that Ziash finds to then in turn find Werner on the left channel, I think is why I'd play Ziash. I just think Kai for me, I don't know. I, I'm not going to complain if I see Kai, Werner and Mount. Mount and Werner are the only two. I think two of the three, I think we can all agree on. You know, I'd be pretty stunned if anyone doesn't have Mount in their team because um, they probably haven't been watching Chelsea this season if they didn't have Mount in their team. Uh, and probably Werner because we we know what he can bring in a game like this. He's just a he's just a handful, isn't he? He just an, uh, he's a handful that you just don't need. I think Pep would is going to keep City honest. You know, he because he, he's got that blistering pace. That doesn't mean he's going to score. That doesn't mean he's going to be caught off. You know, he probably will be caught offside a bunch of times, as we've seen. Um, but he also is someone that can make the difference. Can play that pass through to someone like Ziyech. I'm not entirely sure about scoring a goal. Um, but that's the that's the reason I've gone with Mount Ziyech and Werner um, because it's the, the and Ziyech scored in his last two appearances against Man City. My reasoning with Kai was I would li- I like the idea of someone occupying Diaz, but with the Ziyech argument, it's the fluidity of that front three means that you kind of don't know who to pick up because you don't know who's running where. Uh, and I get that. Don't even come at me with Pulisic should be starting. 
Dude. Now I've seen, I've seen, I saw, I got a comment on one of my YouTube things because I put up a poll on my YouTube channel um, saying I oh, watched your front three, and I actually, I, I think I only gave three or four options, and they were the realistic ones that Tuchel's picked. Like I wasn't like throwing out Giroud or Tammy in there because what's the point? Um, oh, Tam- and Pulisic, I understand the argument in terms of he can be a very big game player for Chelsea. And there was a yeah, feeling yeah. that he could have started against uh, Leicester in the FA Cup final. But I just don't think he's had two starts now. In particular, the Aston Villa one. Yeah, sure, he sets up Ben Sherwell where I just haven't seen enough from him. For some reason, Tuchel is mostly against playing him on the left, which still annoys me. But that's because Werner plays. So Werner's going to occupy the left most of the time. I don't think that helps Pulisic, actually. I think Pulisic needs to be playing on the on the left-hand side because that's where he's devastating, in particular scoring goals. I know he can create on the right, but I think scoring goals, he needs to be on the left. Um, so, And I agree. I think the reason you wouldn't start Pulisic right is because he's a really good impact player, isn't he? That we saw in the Champions mm. League semi-final second leg that he can be... The perfect scenario for Chelsea is a situation where the game is either 0-0 or 1-0 to Chelsea in the second half. And you bring Christian Pulisic on. The thing I said with yeah. Alex was, it's also his ability to win fouls. And you need players yeah. that can win fouls when you're defending a lead, when you're under pressure. And Pulisic and, yeah, is very good for that. Yeah, later in the game, right? Because you, he, the thing is with Pulisic, when he starts at times, you just get clumped once or twice. And then he's kind of very quiet for, for a while because he knows he has to tread carefully because he's a delicate guy. And, and that's what makes it quite difficult for him. And, and as a sub, actually... I don't think there are many better subs that you can bring on in Europe than, than someone like Pulisic, who's fast, knows at the back of the net, is extremely skillful, can use both feet. He's a real threat and, and will definitely play a part. Uh, another thing I want to talk about is, <clears throat> excuse me, do you think Reese will play as a centre-back or as a wing-back? I'm not because sure. I want him to play as a wing-back. I want, I want him to play as a wing-back, but I don't know if he will. I wonder yeah, if I'm he's... Sure I, he I, um. I wonder if Tuchel maybe has been preparing for this final by having Reese's right centre back. We all thought thought that like he was playing there just because of Jamie Vardy, mm. and then he did it again against Aston Villa, which yeah, leads me to think he's doing it in preparation for the Champions League final. I just don't think yeah. you need to because the game. I think the reason you have Reese there is for his pace. But I don't think Chelsea are going to be that exposed and that they aren't going to have to go that far forward. I don't think the game's going to play out in a way that means that you need someone to cover for Dave. Yeah, I don't think any of the City players are gassing past people. It's not like Sane and Sterling a few seasons ago. They're going to pass the ball into the six-yard box. And you need pace on the break, don't you? If it's going to be a counter-attacking game, you need someone on that wing back. Dave's not going to burst forward is he he's and is, he's oh. a good one-on-one defender excellent yeah um especially specifically against someone like F- Foden potentially on the left I think that Pep would play of course that can change they're very fluid so you know sometimes it, it could be someone else but if you were to play Kai you know there's always that ability of Reese to put in a ball for him uh, more of a physical presence up there potentially um for a header so yeah I think that Reese for me should be right wing back um, I don't know. I just I and as well build up to the one twos he can play with, say Golo Kante on that right hand side to to get round whoever plays at left back. I don't think he's going to play Benjamin Mendy because I think if he plays Mendy, then Tuchel will be f- licking his lips, and I think Reese would be as well thinking I can get yeah, on that right hand side again. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I'm I'm seeing a lot of talk that Kovacic is going to start. I, I I imagine it'll be over over Kante. Can't play Kante. You can't play Kovacic and Kante. That's a massive L. I really don't rate them together at all. And no, no yeah, none of them, neither of the two sit back. So it's just it's kind of pointlessly open. Um. Yeah, I, I still want. I still think it'll be Jorginho Kante, but um. Kovacic would be a decent sub if we needed it, but I don't know. I I wouldn't start him personally. I think that'd be a a poor a poor choice. Um, going on to Man City, how do you how do you see them lining up? Obviously, we agree on a four three three. I I think it'll be Edison, Cancelo, Diaz, Stones, Zinchenko, uh, Fernandinho, Gundogan. Maybe, oh wow, maybe like De Bruyne, Silva, Foden and someone else. I think it'll be Edison, Walker, Stones, Diaz, Zinchenko, Mares, Fernandinho, Gundahan, Foden, De Bruyne and Silva. Though I think he could sacrifice potentially... Walker, of course, Walker, yeah. He could potentially sacrifice, I think, Silva for Rodri. He could be extra cautious in the middle of the park and think, I'll have Rodri and Fernandinho maybe as a sort of pivot and then you have Gunahan ahead of them um goodness me their team's nuts the one, <laughs> thing you would, the, the, nuts. the one thing you would say though and i know obviously the way pep plays is it, at times you'll see the fullbacks come into you know they'll very much tuck in at times to look like central midfielders we know walker's ability to play as a right center back he's also paced to deal with someone like timo werner um because uh, oh, yeah, i think because i think Cancelo didn't Cancelo play both games against us recently and Werner got a lot of space and I wonder if that's something that he'd be thinking I was listening to a City fan recently say that Walker's been playing very well and he's yeah. kind of a trusted lieutenant and credit to Walker as well I mean he, he actually managed to deal with Mbappe and Mbappe is a different level to Timo Werner um in terms of every single aspect besides pace but the thing is right I'm ner- I, I'm nervous, obviously, but I'm nervous because I know that we'll get a chance, and it's that moment I want it to fall to the right person, and I, I believe that's Mason, personally, but I know people disagree, and that's fine. Uh, and I think there's a there's a lot that rides on on this game for a few players. If they don't get it right, it's the end of their time at, at, at either club. I think specifically Jorginho. If if Jorginho messes up, I think up it's in this I think game, it's the end of his time either way. Actually, but but bro, if Jorginho messes up in this game, or Kova gives away a goal for the third week in a row, I, I I don't know what I don't know what you can do in that. If Mendy makes a mistake and City win, no one's going to be asking Mendy to get out because he's been he's part he's a massive reason as to why we're there. I don't think this game changes anything for me in, in opinions of players. Like it, like especially no, no, the ones that we've agree, gone. We went over, general... we went over in the last podcast why the midfield needs to be upgraded. And as I said, you win the Champions League, it should not be used as an excuse to stay with the current set of players. It should be used as motivation to upgrade and go again. You know, it's the only tweet I've ever put out. It's the only tweet I've ever put out that's got over three thousand likes that I don't think anyone's disagreed with me on. You know, I said, if, if Chelsea win the Champions League, don't let that, you know, 
mask the fact that there are major changes that are needed. And, and I had people saying, you know, well, the, the squad's basically there. What do you mean major changes? And, and major changes aren't just about incomings. They're about outgoings. Who, who's actually going to be prioritised for loans? What, what's going on with players like Livermento and, and Andrewin? And, and what's going to happen to Barkley, Loftus-Cheek? Where's Gallagher off? What's Ampadu doing? What, what about Jorginho and Kepa and, and Caballero? And what, what's going on with all these players? Giroud. It's, there's a lot to go on at Chelsea. And, and winning a Champions League should no way convince anyone that we're there already. Miles off. Miles off. But we are, we are here. We are there. And I, I believe there's a very, very quiet confidence amongst the Chelsea fan base that we can get something from this. Yeah, I think because obviously you, you're very much inspired by the spirit of 2012. The fact that we're the underdogs plays in our favour. Um, right. The, the thing with the 2012 thing, though. Oh, I'm going to sound like a dick and people are going to be annoyed at me for this. I would feel that more if Lamps was here because he was there. Whereas none yeah. of the none of the players were there, bro. No, like, but I'm just I'm just I'm not I'm just, the only reason I'm saying that is because I think that the fact we've been there before, we've the been there and and done, and, it. and done it as the underdogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm I not of course, of course this squad this squad is and this is why probably once again my nerves aren't as high. This squad does not have the same emotional connection to us. It just doesn't. You know, no one's no one can argue with me seriously uh, about that. Like, me. I believe Tuchel Easter and Sari Easter with uh, online, they'll they'll disagree with you swiftly. Um, after they discovered that Mauricio Sari wanted Mason Mount, <laughs> and Tuchel wants Declan Rice, it's all mad out here. Um, but yeah, yeah, and it's just like, what a platform it would be if Chelsea win this, because, oh my God, can you imagine what it's like for Reese and and Mason and Ben and have you Even seen Reese's really, new haircut? He's decided he's he's gone bold. He's got, he's decided to it. change up his haircut for the Champions League it. final. I thought he had the best hair as well before his new trip. I'm pretty pretty gutted. And obviously for Rudiger, it's uh, being massive because he's really really played himself back into the team. Uh, outstanding forms. It's Tuchel's come back only one mistake, obviously early on. Um, and a Champions League would be amazing as for him to to give him credit where where it's due and and also. Obviously, I've spoken about it on social media. I know a lot of other people have for, for players like Aspilicueta as well, who, in my opinion, is a, is a Chelsea legend. It seems to be a contentious point. I'm not really sure why. Uh, same with Gary Cahill for some reason. I, I don't know. Um, both of them for me, you, Chelsea legends. These I mean, Gar- people are unserious. They they don't like Gary Cahill played with. Apart from everything he did after that, leading Chelsea to a Premier League title, his longevity Champions at the club. League. That's what I was going to mention. Playing with one hamstring, one working hamstring for a Champions League final, and, and also just touch on Gary Cahill quickly. I don't think people give him enough credit for his individual quality because people I'd always have say, him oh, back. Well. I would have prime Gary Cahill back in this team. Oh my god, yeah, hundred percent. I think he was one of the best in the Premier League, but obviously, obviously being exeter helps. But still, the season like, of Conte for me, where JT wasn't next to him where he was in the middle of a back three. Oh, sorry, no, he was on the left of a back three with yeah, Louise yeah. and Dave. I think that was the season that I was so happy for him personally because I think that really took out the constant tag that, oh, you're only playing so well because you've got JT next to you. And I'm not saying that there's, there were, of course, playing alongside still kind of prime JT in 14 15 and 30 14 yeah. as well, those, the relationship those two built to win a Premier League title. But I thought that 16-17 was the season where I felt that Cahill really 
cementing himself and been like, no, I can do it. I can wear the captain's armband. I can, I can be the leader in this team. I can be as good without JT. So, so I thought that, yeah, he deserves credit. But yeah. Dave, Dave is a Chelsea legend because the longevity of this guy, the versatility of him, you know, to be a and player, consistent performance level, man. Yeah. In different positions. You know, the crazy thing about Dave is we bought him as a right back for 8 million from Marseille in 2012. He's probably only played that position for Chelsea in a back four. One or two seasons he's been there. He's played left back. He's played right centre back. He played once in midfield for Jose. He's played uh, right wing back. He's played left wing back. You know, there's probably another position he's played for Chelsea that I'm not aware of. He has played everywhere for the club and he's been such a good... Whatever we can say about the power of being a leader at Chelsea and, you know, being captain. And I know at times, whoever, you know, in terms of following on from JT, it's an impossible job. Um, and sure, he's been he's been the captain when we've had performances that have lacked leadership, sure. But I think off the pitch too, he he's such a great guy. I think anyone who inter- interacts with him says as much. The amount of work he does off the pitch for the club, being a really good representation for the club as well. A senior figure, um, the way... Apparently, he's helped Reese James um, and the young players in this squad. I just, I'd love it for him because he's already a Chelsea legend. And the consistent, we've, I, I think a few of us have written him off in recent seasons. I think like last year, we felt, oh, is this going to be the last time he plays as a, as a regular in the in the first team? This could have been his last season. But the way he's reasserted himself under um, Thomas Tuchel is really impressive. So, um, Chelsea legend, absolutely, and this will only further cement now and be a, a wonderful sight to see him with a European Cup yeah and, and for anyone interested there's an article that came out this year on The Athletic that's uh, titled The Nine Positions that Azpilicueta's played at Chelsea so I mean just a flawless professional and, and watching him lift the trophy that'd be lovely wouldn't it and and you know the same goes for Thiago Silva obviously not a Chelsea legend but uh, a footballing legend that unlike Kante, has not won a World Cup, so doesn't have that real elite trophy in his cabinet because I'm fairly sure he's not won a Champions League either. So, um, in fact, I'm 100% sure he's not because Milan last won it in 2007, right? And that was Maldini um, and Demlot, and then he didn't win it at PSG um, in his career there. So, there's a lot of nice narrative and, and that applies also to the young players that we touched on. Obviously, if Foden, Foden can score easily in this game uh, and be the key man and if Foden is the key man in a Champions League win I mean he again I'm very careful with this phrase but I do genuinely believe he is the generational talent of English players I think he's a better player than Sancho I think he's I think he's a better player than Sterling um, I think he will be a better player than Sterling um, and Sancho and Goodness me, him, Holland, and Mbappe, I think, are the, the three sort of outstanding generational talents, attacking-wise anyway. Um, and and he, can, he can have a massive impact on this game. I mean, his numbers this season are frightening. Um, I can see if I can find them now. Uh, and what he, what he brings to the team, it's, it's, it's nice to see that Pep has, has managed him very, very carefully. You know, a couple of seasons ago, everyone was like, why is Foden not playing more? Why is Foden not playing more? Well, this is exactly why Foden's not playing more because there was clearly a plan for him. Um, and look how well that plan's come to fruition. I mean, he's he's got 28 goals and assists across all competitions this season. It's absolutely nuts. In a Man City team where players are regularly contributing goals, he's got 28. He's 21 years old and he plays in the Premier League. 
that's obscene. I don't know what specifically his Premier League numbers are. He, okay, he's got f- in in 17 starts, 11 off the bench, so 1600 minutes. He's got f- 14 goal contributions, which is n- absolutely obscene. Nine goals, five assists. Um, so Foden is a player I really like, and I, I believe he's going to have a massive impact on this game. And then on the flip side, you've got Mason Mount and, and Reese and, and, and the guys there that are going to be Chelsea players for the next 10 years, probably, unless something terribly wrong happens, you know. And what it will mean to players like them at, the, at this age, uh, formative experience in their career to come away with a Champions League trophy. I mean, it'd be absolutely wonderful, wouldn't it? It's a tough one, mate. It's a tough one. I'm, I'm still... I don't want to be this way, but I, I still think it's going to be 2-0 to Man City. As much as I don't want that to be the case, as much as I want it to Chelsea win anyway, anyway, but I, I really, really struggle to see past Man City, which isn't great on a Chelsea podcast where we're meant to be like, oh, maybe a cheeky one. But I'm being realistic. Like, I think I'll put it this City way. City are gone. I think Chelsea have to score first. I don't think we can. I don't think we're doing a Munich. I don't. I just, I don't think this team is, and I, I want to be proven wrong. I don't think this team yeah. can do what it did in 2012. Um, I think, yeah, I think if we could see the goal in the first half, I just think as well, it would force Chelsea to be more daring. We saw what happened in the FA Cup final when we went 1-0 down. Um, and the way the team throws, I mean, that is something that you have to throw at this team is that compared to the 2012 team, they don't have experience winning finals. They don't have experience. You know, the, the the thing about the 2012 team was that they'd been to this stage a lot of the time. They'd been to a Champions League final before, but they'd won Premier League titles. They, it was full of players. That's the thing people don't understand. It was full of players that had won big trophies with Chelsea over a number of years, had been to finals, done it, had come back from adversity. This squad doesn't have that within them. They, 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 they have a pretty recent experience of losing an FA Cup final. Now, you could argue that could be a brilliant motivational factor for this game. They could use that in the best way possible, and it stir like it stirs something within them to to win this. But I I do think experience matters, and Pep Guardiola, despite the fact with this Man City side, this is their first Champions League final, which could play mind games on them. They do they've had experience of winning collectively over and over again. They've won the League Cup this year. They've won the Premier League in dominating fashion. They, you know, they, that's logically, I think that's why you'd go with Man City. I, I don't think any Chelsea fan should. I think you've got to be humble enough to admit they are the superior team. If both teams play to their best level, Man City are probably going to win the game. Now, that doesn't mean that it won't be a close game because I think it will because I think Tuchel is the defining factor for Chelsea here. I think if we win this game and Dan McCarthy said as much, I think it will be down to Thomas Tuchel. I think he will have... Can he have the the answer once again? Um, and we know with finals, we speak about so much the, the, the intangibles, the psychological element of, of a of this stage the pressure on man city to win this um not only tactically i think the way a team a team coming on to chelsea helps them when chelsea have to break down a team i think we really struggle as we've seen constantly this season and in recent seasons that helps us but also the pressure on man city to get the job done um you don't know what's going to happen in a final you know if weird things happen as chelsea fans know very well positive and negative 
you don't know what it's going to do to a player like Timo Werner. You know, suddenly we know how crazy and magical football can be in the sense that headlines can be written. You know, it, it can be made to look like a, a movie script at times. A bit like how Mason Mount scoring against Real Madrid, Timo Werner could decide, you know, could have could have a night of his dreams, basically. Um, this Man City side at times have, have been undone um, in terms of, despite this sounds weird to say because they've won so much with Pep, like in terms of questioning their mentality, but sometimes they do struggle when they go behind in games. They do struggle when things don't go their way. If a team is really well set up against them, like Chelsea have been, they can panic at times. And, and Pep, as we know, ha- has got it wrong. With an, an incredible Bayern Munich side, they didn't get to a Champions League final. That was an astonishing team. It really was. So there is that hope. It's a one-off game. I just hope we see a a performance of character from Chelsea in the Champions League final. I don't want to be sat here on Sunday or Monday and wherever we record, record the review pod having the same emotion I did against Leicester where I feel like we didn't give it our best shot. You know, the, the thing about Moscow is that we can say definitively was we lost on penalties and, you know, things didn't go our way that day. But no one could come away from Moscow with regrets about the performance, could they? You know, there was... Yeah, a, went down a, fighting. Yeah, sure. that's what I want to see from this team. I don't want to come away from it once again questioning mentality of players in a Champions League final. I know it sounds very simplistic, but if you can't get yourself up for a Champions League final, I don't know why you're playing football, to be honest. Um, and I know that that oh doesn't... God, yeah. And I know that that is an intentional... Sometimes maybe players will get to this stage and will freeze for some reason. You know, as I say, that could work in Chelsea's favour with some City players. But that's the one thing I'd say because football, VAR, you know, um, an injury, a red card, mad things happen in finals and they're defined by fine, fine margins, aren't they? Um, so that's what I'm going to say on that. I mean, in terms of, I don't expect us to win. Like, and I think that that's not a ridiculous thing to yeah. say. Like, I, I no, don't expect you. us to you. win. And that's the thing. Like, people do need to not get it twisted. Like, obviously, we want Chelsea to win. Oh, but, I'm, but I'm, really I'm des- I am desperate. I am desperate to have the feeling yeah. I did in 2012. I, I am so desperate to have. Could you, I mean, this is the thing that I want to... This is what brings up more nerves to me. What actually brings up more nerves to me is not losing the game. It's actually winning the game. It's the idea of having the emotion from 2012 a reality again, you know, experiencing that I again. I think I might cry. You know. I oh, I absolutely cry. will. I think I will. I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I've given... I, I've said this before on the pod when we won the Champions League into a Drogba scored the penalty. I collapsed on the floor, you know. And yeah, just, yeah, me and burst too, me into, too. Like, I just was done. And like that... I think similar would happen again. Um, I was always, almost on the verge of tears when Mason scored the goal in the semi-final. I think I would, absolutely. And, and could you imagine the celebrations after? So that's probably what makes me more nervous, actually. Um, because I've yeah. seen Chelsea lose finals recently um, that have been really hard to take. Of course, Champions League is another level. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you want anything else you want to touch on the game because you know it, it's going to be massive. I still think yeah, it's a bit surreal. Thing. Go on, go on, finish, finish what you're No, no, I was just going to say, I think like a lot of people, it, it probably won't hit me we're in a Champions League final till I see the teams come out. I know, I was just, just it kind of just then when you were talking about it, I've just, you can't see on camera, but I've just had like goosebumps go all over me now. I've kind of realised like, oh, my team are in a Champions League final and I'm going to cry if we win. I'm going to fucking pissed off if we lose. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay, yeah, one more thing to touch on before we go. And this... 
this stems from what you said about the Moscow performance and then looking at uh, Manchester United's loss to, to Villarreal. It could go to penalties. Now, just for fun exercise, your one to five penalty takers for Chelsea, who, who are you going to have? Because I think it's quite simple, this list. I would, in no order, I would have Aspi, Timo, Jorginho, Kai, and uh, Mount. Yeah, probably Mount. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't think I'll be alive if it goes to penalty. I, three penalty oh, shootouts in a row. Jesus Christ. I mean, the only thing that I did hear from a, a City reporter from the Athletics saying that they are awful at penalties which means that they're going to be brilliant at penalties now. But he was saying that they've missed so many penalties that if it was to go to penalty, uh, penalty shootout, that could potentially work in Chelsea's favour. Yeah, that was the um, same with Villarreal, right? They're, they chose to go second. And they have, um, I don't know if people would have heard about this, but they had an expert basically doing live com and choosing to go second due to Man United's weaknesses. Apparently, according to him, it shifted their chance of winning to around 60%, which is interesting. Wait, they didn't go, they, they, they went first. Oh, sorry, Manchester United second. Anyway, Manchester United going second, you know, reduce their chances. Um, yeah, I don't know. Pens, man. The thing is with pens, it's kind of is just luck at the end of the day. See, some people say but, it isn't luck, but here's what I will say, just on the frustration of the analysis of the Villarreal penalty shootout, the Man United. It was one of the best quality shootouts I've seen in a while in terms oh, of brilliant. the quality under yeah, pressure. Yeah. And what still frustrates me, and I feel like this is something that is becoming a little bit of a pet peeve for me in the modern game, is the over-analysis of keepers. Like, the over-analysis of keepers in the modern game is really starting to bug me because some penalties are just brilliant. Like, and the, you have you, you should save be, those, yeah. and you yeah. should be scoring a penalty. Like, a player should be scoring a penalty. The the opportunity a player gets of quality, a professional elite footballer gets to strike a ball from that distance should be scoring a penalty. Now, there was one or two penalties. The Luke Shaw one, that nearly he nearly missed. And there was one in um, the first five that De Gea got a hand to and should have saved. But like everyone's having a go at De Gea for missing, number one, missing a penalty, but not getting close to any of them. I'd say 90% of them were just brilliant penalties. They were. But that is the thing now. I think he's he's not saved. It added on if you add that ten on, I think it's near thirty penalties now he's faced. He's not saved for something wild. Twenty penalties, like he's not saved one since twenty sixteen. Whereas obviously the the debate was Henderson has saved eight and conceded nine it's in that time. But like, I mean, but De Gea has been an there extraordinary an keeper. De Gea has been in it. There are worse keepers who are just specialists at saving penalties. Willie Caballero is a good example. There are yeah. there. There are keepers who Kepper, I actually think, has proved himself in the 18-19 season. He can save some penalties. He saved a couple last year as well. But De Gea has still been a really, really good keeper for Man United. And I I think that nowadays it's a, such a tough position to play. And a lot of people, because it's such a unique position compared to, to outfield players. Um, I just, I think that sometimes I think we overanalyze what keepers do. I sometimes think, you know, sometimes you just have to say, number one, you should be scoring a penalty. And number two, the quality of finishing was just so good that 
I think that um, it's one of those cliches. You can't lose. A keeper can't lose in a penalty shoot. Even though, of course, he did miss the penalty. <laughs> that was the one time he can lose, of course. But that's a very rare. The only thing I want it on top of that, though, is that I do worry because the quality of penalties is getting better. Penalty shootouts, oh, yeah. I've, I see more of them going on longer now because the quality of them are getting better, which means worse health for supporters. And again, in no disrespect for Wade to Villarreal or Manchester United, with specific owners on, on Manchester City here, their penalty takers are ridiculous. In terms of just strikers of the ball, I know Aguero and they've actually, yeah, they've obviously missed penalties, but from a dead ball from that far out, like De Bruyne, Foden, Gundogan, all these players, I mean, they're crazy. But yeah, man, there's, I can't believe it's tomorrow. We're recording this on the Friday, uh, early afternoon. I'm trying my best to not think about it, which doesn't help having to do a podcast and live streams <laughs> um, and articles and that. But oh, I'm, I'm I'm semi-stressed. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think whatever happens, it's it's going to be nice for the players to get a break. It's not been an easy season. Same for the fans. Um, obviously, the exciting rumours about Lukaku continue. Um Obviously, on this podcast, we'll cover transfer rumours, but it's not going to be any tabloid speculation. I mean, that's boring. If you want to listen to that, go somewhere else. Um, or just read BBC Sport and Sky Sports, whatever. They do it all there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about the game. Um, I'm nervous. I'm excited. There's a lot, a lot riding on this game. There's a lot of narrative, perhaps more so than there would be if any other teams are in that final, besides maybe someone like Barcelona. Um, but yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea, Man City, Porto. Is it kickoff 7.30? No, I thought it was kickoff... Um, I think it's 8 o'clock. <laughs> we should know this as Chelsea fans, shouldn't we? <laughs> no, no, I've just remembered it is 8 because I've got a... I'm on Elizabeth Hellenex channel at quarter... Uh, hour and fifteen before kickoff. So I mean, I'm I'm going on. I no one sees me before until after the game, man. I'm doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've I've made promises to be on things. I'm I'm typically quite a calm guy about any sort of football game, so I think it'll be okay. But I like you. My main main concern, or the thing I want to see most, is it's the same. It's a typical Gattuso thing where he said, "I would rather die on the pitch than lose." I know that sounds extreme, but I really, really want those players to give everything, absolutely everything. And if they lose, they lose. If they give everything, they've won to me because that is what I want to see, right? They, that, that, that for me, if they, if they leave everything out on the pitch, if they try their hardest, their constant pressure, constant press, working hard, adhering to tactics, giving it everything... We create chances. Every- we actually look like we can score. Yeah, you know, I think I you know when, Tot- to when Tottenham lost to pit. Liverpool, they did they barely yeah. created anything that game. And I'm sure for a Tottenham yeah. fan that would have been devastating. They they conceded a penalty within like what was it 90 seconds or something. Yeah, I agree with you. You wanna you wanna feel like you're in the game. You you wanna feel like there is. You wanna get hyped in the emotion that we can win this. It, it'd be a really depressing experience if you feel like there is no hope. You know. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to be watching the game and just being like God, like. We are getting slapped. I just don't want to see it because it's just that'd be awful. Because Champions League finals are never forgotten as well. So I want every player to be proud of their performance, to be proud that they've got there, but the journey's not done. Um, 
every player to leave it on the pitch. Make sure you're, you know, strong, get amongst it, take your chances, play, play the right passes, intelligence, staying calm. All those things, it's not easy. It's one of the hardest experiences for any athlete to manage is a, is a massive sort of final in, in any sport. And, and and yeah, this is, in my opinion, the, the, the second biggest final you can play in football, um, you know, with, you know, with maybe the Libertadores on on the on the same level for for the um, yeah but yeah that's that's basically all I got I hope the boys leave it leave the pitch proud regardless of what happens and and then the fans can can really see that there's something there instead of just limp weak mentality that we've seen recently in in, in big games so you know and if um if Jorginho scores from outside the box. I will buy a Jorginho shirt next season. I'll say that now. <laughs> uh, I'll actually get one that says Jovacic on the back. <laughs> okay, just just the rules. He has to score from outside the box. Outside the box, yeah, yeah. So it's not score any time. So no one's going to hold you to that. He has to score from outside the box. You know, at the moment, it's going it's to happen now. It's if Jovacic scores anywhere, not a non-penalty goal... <laughs> I'll get I'll get a Kovacic. If Kovacic shoots on target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If Kovacic shoots on target, yeah, then I'll get a Kovacic shirt. I mean, now we're, we're touching the hour point, I guess. What are you going to be doing to to calm your nerves ahead of the the game? Uh so I'm uploading my preview. I've still got to actually physically record my preview for the game. My team selector. Uh I've got the second part of my uh, you, it, this will definitely be out by the time you're listening to this. My uh, tactical preview of Dan McCarthy. Um, Big up Dan but, McCarthy. But I'm actually, you know, talk about normality in this country. I'm actually going out for dinner tonight, like physically going out for dinner. Me and my Where dad. Where are you going? We're not sure yet. Like, because he, he came it's into my bedroom up. last night and just was like, oh, can we actually go into, go into restaurants now? And I was like, yeah, we've been able to do it since like May the 17th. Um. So that would be nice, just outside of football. So maybe that will calm my nerves. I'm sure Chelsea will be discussed at some point, though, <laughs> between me and my dad. Um, working out, you know, I've had a good week in terms of working out and nutrition. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling healthy, feeling good, and that relieves a lot of stress. Um, you know, I posted something last night on Twitter surrounding uh, mental health and anxiety because uh, it is still Mental Health uh, Awareness Month. I think it is. I know we had Awareness Week, but I, I know. Uh, it was a post I took from uh, Ryan Reynolds was saying, I think in America, they, they're talking more more of it as sort of a month. But um, so I posted something on that and sort of how important that is in terms of just not, not just for, of course, this week. And I'm not referring to football here. Um, how vital it is in life to, you know, to, to care about your health and to sort of, uh, especially those of us who have who struggle with anxiety and, and things like that. You know, I think it's... Um, important to talk about it and maybe in the future in this pod i'm sure that could be something we could delve into a little bit more because i know we don't yeah. just want this podcast to be a sort of generic football podcast so um yeah I'd, I'd say i'm in a positive mindset going into this final where i would say that like i'm in a healthier mindset but that doesn't mean you know it's gonna it's gonna go well but um another thing i'm probably gonna buy an england shirt soon because i'm getting ready for the euros so there is the good thing is there is excitement beyond it for me like there is excitement for a bit of a break there's excitement for the euros there's excitement to see what this team can do next season being inside the ground so this is by no means the end game of 
Chelsea Football Club, this current group of players, there's there's still so much for the young players in this squad to give. There is. So Yeah. I mean winning the Champions League is just the strongest foundation on on which to grow really for this for this side. But yeah, I can only echo what you said. It's important to make sure that everyone's keeping safe, well, hydrated, happy, eating properly when you can, trying to eat healthy when possible. Uh, not eating any uh, animal products or dairy products would always be a, a benefit. But, you know, there's no agendas on this podcast. So, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> well, on, on that note then, um, we hope everyone has a good a good day watching the final. Get to spend it with loved ones if possible. If not, obviously you can drop us a tweet. We'll make sure to interact, get as many people involved. Uh, and, and yeah, make sure you, you like and you know, rate the podcast to what you want. Play it loud out of your car in busy areas. Um, if you're cycling about, get a Bluetooth speaker, play it out there, go, you know, central London, go do any of that, play it on the tube if you can. Um, any of those sort of yobbish things, that's a typical look we're going for with this podcast. So please do that. Um, if you do listen to this podcast and have an ASBO, I'll give you a shout out on Twitter. Um, I just need proof of the picture. And, and yeah, yeah, that's, that's all from me. That's all from uh, Daniel Childs. And we'll be back to, you know, review the Champions League final. Let's just hope it goes our way. But uh, until next time, peace.